Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues here on American Family Radio on this Thursday, June the 10th. Thank you for listening again to AFR. Tim Wildman here with Walker Wildman. Good morning, Walker. Good morning. Good to be on today. Fred Jackson. Good morning. And Ray Pritchard. Hey, what's up, Tim? Ray's operating remotely from KCKS. That's right. It's not a radio station. (laughs) That's That's what it sounds like. That's Kansas City. Weather report for Kansas City is? Oh, it's sunny and hot. Sunny, 90 plus degrees today. Okay. Summertime's yeah. arrived. Summertime's yeah. All right. Well, um, Greg, good morning to you again. Yes, sir. Where it's, we're in a place where it's not warm and sunny. Yeah, it's 70. <laughs> 70 inside, 75 outside. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about right. And we've been under, we, we yeah. almost need boats. Uh, to come into work here. <laughs> well, it's true. Some of the fields we saw yesterday. We're talking about uh, here in our home studio area, Tupelo, Tupelo, Tupelo Mississippi. Mississippi. The fields that have just been planted with yeah. corn and yeah. soy and, and others. Yeah. We passed by a few yes Lakes. Yeah. They are covered over with water. Does that destroy the crops absolutely uh, for sure? Well, somebody, yeah. somebody mentioned to me that likely uh, the farmers will have to replant again. Yeah, because the yeah the, the young plants I got a, was round. I got a text from a farmer, that's my close friend from school. I got a text about fifteen minutes ago from him, and here's what he said: We were watching. A, he at first he said, "I asked you to lift up our farm and many other farms across the state." Talking about Mississippi, mm. we were watching our crops that we have fought extremely long hours and hard days to plant get fully submersed several feet in water. Many of the fields will have to be completely replanted. Yeah, and which will cause major yield losses. Yeah. Mm, wow. So ser- serious. It's serious. It is serious situation. Um, I know that uh, we had five or six inches of rain in like thirty six hours. Yeah. So it's been it's been a a bad weather pattern. But I know a lot of other people in our country have experienced a severe weather. Louisiana, like this, Louisiana, it's been tough. Um, Arkansas a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee. Alabama. All right. You're listening to today's issues. Top story, Fred. President Joe Biden uh, arrived in uh, the UK last evening. And uh, at the moment, he is uh, meeting with the British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. They are talking about hairstyles. Hairstyles. No, you know, we can give credit to Joe Biden for staying pretty neat. Yeah. Boris Johnson. It's kind of a joke. We we joke about it sometimes. We watch him on TV. I don't think he combs his hair in the morning or ever. No, he just gets up. He just, well, that, he just gets up. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna stereotype here. That's typical European male. They just they just roll out of bed. <laughs> they roll out of bed and they roll with it. You, just you know just get up. About? Just go. Right? Just yeah. Just go. Don't worry about anything. Maybe run your fingers through your hair yeah. a little bit. And, and that's then, that's and Americans. Out the door. We we like those mirrors. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I saw a, I saw a I, I talked to someone maybe in the construction industry, and they were talking about 
mirrors in airports. And they did a study on on trying to remove the mirrors from airport restrooms. <laughs> and they actually sped up or they reduced the amount of time that individuals spend in the restrooms. <laughs> Seriously. So, so some airports are moving away from having mirrors in the restrooms at the sink because people are staying there too long fixing their hair. Well, I don't want to oh, stereotype. Not progressive on that. Right there. <laughs> I don't want to stereotype. Right. But if they do that, yeah. there'll be an uprising amongst the female passengers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're not going to do it in the ladies' room. The ladies' <laughs> room, right. probably. Right, anyway, why is the president over in uh, the U.K.? Well, this is a, a start of his trip, uh, which will culminate in a meeting with uh, the uh, head of, the, uh, of Russia, uh, Vladimir Putin. And I, I think that's going to be the big draw as far as the media goes. Was this G7, right? Isn't that what G7 they call it? Uh, gets underway tomorrow. Today is kind of a get together. I think the uh, President Biden is meeting with the Queen a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, this meeting with the Queen comes just a few days after, I think it was at Oxford. Uh, they decide to move a, a portrait of the Queen. Uh, Oxford in England? Yes. And. We found why, out. Why did they do that? We found out this morning that the student at Oxford who led the petition, guess where he's from? The U.S. of A. He's an American going to Oxford, signed a petition. He said, "You know, the Queen's picture it stands for colonialism, and uh, we're against that, so we should take that picture down." Did it work? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about Oxford University wow. in yes. England. Pretty uh, Oxford. Uh, so a U.S. student's bringing wokeness to yes. the U.K. Yes. Just okay. as our president is arriving But there. the president's meeting with her, despite the fact yes. that her portrait's been moved. They will sit down for tea. Okay. Uh, but the president made some headlines uh, moments after his arrival yesterday. You know, uh, the president has been talking about the greatest threats to America, greatest threats to the world. Mm-hmm. Now, last week... Within the last 10 days, he said, and I'll play it for you, that white supremacy was the biggest threat facing America. Cut four. According to the intelligence community, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. Not ISIS, not Al-Qaeda, white supremacists. That is a literal hoax. That is not founded in reality. I've never heard a group of people clap for white supremacy before. <laughs> yeah, for terror. Right? They were clapping for white supremacy. Listen to that. Listen to that again. According to the intelligence community, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. Not ISIS, not al-Qaeda, white supremacists. Was was he speaking to a local KKK chapter? What was going on there, Fred? Why are they clapping for it? Well, the latest uh, time that he made that remark was about 10 days ago at the Tulsa uh, gathering of the Tulsa massacre, massacre. But he said it before that as well. Well, before people start emailing and calling, I know why they're clapping. You got a bunch of lefties there, and and Biden's going to pile on white people. So I'm going to... I got to I got to clap for he's even got it out of his mouth. Yeah, uh, because white supremacy is the number one threat to the country. But even you, if but even if even if what he's saying is true, which we know it's not, that's still not even a comment to clap about. I know, but they can't help themselves. That's like saying they're getting, radical Walter. jihad is the most critical threat to America. I know what if today what, and everybody claps. I know, right? What if? 
What if President Trump was speaking to a group and he said ISIS is the greatest <laughs> threat to, and people started going, yeah, <laughs> yay. Well, then they're all Islamophobes, right? Yes. However. Wait, hold on. Well, that, that's coming. exactly okay. right. He's not Go a potty plant, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. <laughs> Look, the whole thing is just ludicrous. This is a moment when, as the president, our president, is speaking, we all know he is not speaking the truth. Right. We know he's just giving us political propaganda. Can you imagine? What is he saying? Is it white supremacists who shut down that pipeline? White supremacists who shut down the meatpacking thing? Is it white supremacists doing that? No, it's somebody else. He dares not call out the real bad actors in the world. He makes up this bogeyman of white supremacy. And, and, and even as he does it, we know this is just pure politics. It's propaganda. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not any truth. There's not any truth to it. And he says the intelligence agencies tell us. Well, if the intelligence agencies are telling you that, then they're 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 run by political hacks. Exactly. Uh, the biggest <laughs> threat America faces, seriously, is probably cyber attacks. Yeah. I mean, when you when you look, that's what they should be focused on is China. Russia, North yeah, Korea. Yeah, nobody's going to clap for cyber attacks. Well, yay! I know, right? So, wait a minute. You're supposed to blame white people. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. To bar from Joe you Biden. Can't, you can't use that to defeat your political white opponents White supremacist, either. I should say. However, All right. when he arrived at that air base in Britain last night, he spoke to a large crowd of the personnel at the... Okay. At that base. A different, we're talking about what he said last week, that yes. white supremacy was the greatest threat to our country. Yes, and now he's traveled to the UK and he's yes. got a different message. Yes, he's got a different message. Here's what he had to say to the troops last night about greatest threats. Cut number five. You know, when I went over in the tank in the Pentagon, when I first was elected vice president with President Obama, the military sat us down to let us know what the greatest threats facing America were, the greatest physical threats. This is not a joke. You know what the Joint Chiefs told us the greatest threat facing America was? Global warming. <laughs> why did he say that why did he say this is not a joke before he said that? That's a good question. It's a good question. No, did why, you, why did he feel the need to preface that? Yeah, yeah did you right. catch that, Ray? Yeah. Yeah, he said that because he knew we wouldn't take him seriously. The joint chiefs of staff are saying that global Listen, warming is the most. Oh, that's wait. what he said happened 10 years ago when he first became president. Of course, Biden has a long history of just making stuff up. <laughs> Duly noted. Huh? I mean, he just <laughs> makes stuff up out of whole cloth and he goes with it. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I mean, he's done that his whole career. Mm-hmm. And the media rarely calls him to account for anything like that. So, yeah. Well, uh, that, that comment drew out. Our former president, Donald Trump. Really? Here's what our former president had to say about that declaration by the current president, the greatest threat is global warming. Have a listen. Biden just said that he was told by the Joint Chiefs of Staff that climate change is our greatest threat. If that is the case, and they actually said that, said this, he ought to immediately fire the Joint Chiefs of Staff for being incompetent. Yeah. Statement That's, from well, former President Donald well, Trump. Well, what he said was global warming. He didn't even say gl- climate change. He said global, global warming. warming yes. So uh, let me get this correct. Biden has changed. Last week it was it was white supremacists running around. Mm-hmm. 
everywhere that we should be fearful of because they're going to take down our country. That's the greatest threat. Now, just a week later, we go retro. Mm -hmm. Ten years ago, when global warming was the greatest threat too, and, and he sa he says the joint the uh, he said the military, the Pentagon leaders, yes, told him that mm -hmm. uh, climate change, global warming. Okay, what well, I guess this is the uh, uh, this has turned into the threat of the week comments. National threats of the week we change every week. Mm -hmm. What what the what it'll be next week. Can I make a, if I was a betting man statement? Yes, if I a, was a betting man, uh -huh. what he won't say, uh -huh. the next threat, he will not say the crisis at our border is the biggest threat we're facing. He will not say that. Yeah. No. A as we have record-breaking numbers of people coming into our country illegally. 180,000 the month in of May. May. Just a month Think of about May. that. That's people that they caught. Yeah. That's people that... <laughs> 180,000 people pouring over our border in one month in May, a record, I yes. think. Yes. And th these aren't uh, political numbers. These are objective uh, uh, numbers put out by government, the U.S. government, yes. and they, that doesn't change regardless of who the president is. So we have 108, and as I mentioned, upwards of a million people, they're saying by the end of the year, are going to pour into our country illegally. And Joe Biden doesn't have anything to say, as you, as you say, doesn't have anything to say about that being a a threat to our country. No. And coming in from all kinds of different countries now. You 29. Could, huh? Different, 29, 29 different countries. countries. So, anyway, uh, president is over in the U.K. The G7, that's some kind of economic summit. Yes, it is. As inflation numbers came out today, Walker. Yeah, inflation hit uh, consumer price indexes, which is a, Basically, inflation hit 5% for the first time since 2008. Jumped up from 2.6, I think, or 3% to 5%. So the whole, remember the, the talking point from the feds that, oh, this, this inflation is just temporary. They called it transitory. Yeah. Well, now it's permanent. Yeah. It's here to stay. You think that, uh, Ray, would you attribute that to... Uh, I know we're not economists here. Uh, I guess the four of us together might equal half an economist. But uh, still, gas prices going up. Uh, you got building supplies going up, which I, I guess that meant that's going to mean home, home homes are going to go up. Do construction? Look, it's it's we're on a dangerous spiral upwards in terms of price inflation. I was I was. Uh, uh, reading something from one of these uh, leading restaurateurs, a, a chef who has a lot of these restaurants around the country, and he said the prices have gone up. And he said the restaurant industry is worth watching because we we partake in so many different parts of the economy. And he said restaurant prices are going up, food prices are going up, and they're not going down. I wish there was a sense of urgency from the White House but all we hear is either denials or poo-pooing or it's no big deal. We all remember, don't we, what happened back in 2008. We had this kind of situation develop, and then suddenly the economy just cratered. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but we are on a similar path today. Well, another thing I think is contributing to this is this insane amount of money that Biden is wanting to uh load up on our, our already crazy 
national debt. Mm-hmm. He's talking about his, his budget's going to call for like uh, I think it's six trillion. Six, I say budget in quotations. Um, what what the now the, the Republicans aren't completely innocent <laughs> on the debt spending side, okay? But while the Republicans may want to borrow five bucks uh, that maybe they don't know how to pay for, the Democrats want to borrow a hundred bucks that they have no plan mm-hmm. to pay back. In fact, it, uh, you're talking about six trillion. That's his latest budget proposal. Is that that? Is that's not for a year? Would it? That, that that's uh, he's talking eight to ten years. I think it is. But he's got all these big programs. He wants to yeah. tra- and he just keeps wildly talking about trillions of dollars. Well, that's what I'm saying is that kind of talk mm-hmm. leads to inflationary, uh, d- contributes to the inflationary numbers that and, we're seeing and here. also talk about raising the minimum wage there was a restaurant chain it may be chipotle that announced our prices on the menu are going to go up and here's the reason because we're going to start people at what 14 to 16 dollars an hour starting people yeah and this is going to happen across the country because the democrats are really pushing this minimum wage minimum wage being 15 dollars we talked about this for months in advance of this because the Democrats have been talking about it before the election. What would happen is restaurant people, you have to pay them 15 bucks an hour. The prices on the menu are going to go up. Right. Sure. There, there it is. It's inevitable. It's not complicated economics. Well, and the most, the most sad part of it is that these policies that the Democrats push in the name of helping the little guy hmm. actually hurt the little guy the most. Because instead of a, a family, a low-income family, going to eat and paying $30 for dinner, mm-hmm. they're going and paying 50 bucks for dinner. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the grocery store and filling yeah, up. Are groceries going up, too? Everything's going up. Yeah. I don't know anything that's actually immune to this inflation rate. And we haven't factored in yet completely the cost of gasoline. Because when the trucks that deliver the goods to the grocery stores have to pay more for it's, fuel. I've, my, wife's, my wife drives an SUV. During Trump's days, I was paying thirty-five to forty bucks to top it off. This is a big SUV, Toyota Sequoia. Mm-hmm. Paid sixty-five dollars the other day. <sighs> oh, near doubled <clears throat> to fill yeah, it just up. Just take a look at building supplies. Go to the lumber yard. Go to Home Depot, and see how. Just yes. try to buy some lumber now. You know, you're gonna. You want to buy some two by fours? You got. Walker, you're going to be trading in that SUV to get about six two-by-fours. You're on to something true? there. Right? It's true. <laughs> it's this crazy. Has be, this has got to be worrying to, in particular, uh, uh, Democrats uh, in the House of Representatives and in the Senate because there's some big races coming up a year from now, a year from mm-hmm. this fall. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and now and predict that Nancy Pelosi is going to have to retire back to her San Francisco mansion and she'll have plenty of time to get her hair done. And, and eat ice cream. And eat ice That's cream right. out of her $15,000 refrigerator. With her mask on. I guess it cost 15000 I don't know what I think it, it was twenty. It's a Mercedes Benz of, of <laughs> refrigerators. refrigerators, Ray. You've seen this refrigerator? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so, but that, seriously, they've got to be worried about this because the, uh, it always reflects, the economy always, ref- good or bad, always reflects on the party in power in D.C. <clears throat> Whether they're to blame or not, people 
make up their minds uh, mm-hmm. at the voting box, Absolutely. usually. Yep. But I, I'll tell you another thing is <laughs> President Trump, uh, and we're going to talk about some stories here that exonerate him from false accusations, uh, more false accusations that came during his four years in the White House. Uh, but President Trump uh, had a, he and the Republicans had a good thing going for the economy, a real good thing going for the economy up until the pandemic hit. The the one created in the Wuhan lab <laughs> uh, in China, whether it was released intentionally or inadvertently, who knows, but that's where it came from. But that's what set in motion, to me, uh, the loss of the White House for the president, for President Trump I'm talking about. Namely, that was probably the number one issue. Before that, the economy was roaring, mm-hmm. and uh, unemployment numbers were great, and uh, America had had set itself on a right path economically. And then that hit, and that changed everything. So, uh, But now, and now we're looking at inflationary numbers that are, you said 5%? Yeah, 5%. It's the latest report. Yeah. All right, you're listening to today's issues on AFR Next Story. Fred. Well, I think another big issue is, and the election is going to be critical race theory. Uh, I think the yep. the backlash against the teaching, the indoctrination of yep. critical race theory is going to be a huge issue. And uh, right at the forefront of this battle is Loudoun County in Virginia. And again, they had a school board meeting this week. And again, a parent there, this time... A woman, she grew up in China. Her name is Xi Van Fleet. She showed up at the meeting. She said, I grew up in China, and what you guys are doing are exactly what the communists teach in China. Have a listen to a bit of what she said. Cut number three. I've I've been very alarmed about what's going on in our school. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Uh, Growing up in Mao's China, all this seemed very familiar. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. During the Cultural Revolution, I witnessed students and teachers again turn against each other. We changed school names to be politically correct. Um, we were taught to denounce our heritage. The Red Guards destroy anything that is not communist. Old uh, statues, books, and anything else. <clears throat> we are also encouraged to report on each other, just like the uh, Student Equity Ambassador Program, and the Bias Reporting System. This is indeed the American version of the Chinese Communist, the Chinese Cultural Revolution. The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools. Now this, she, did she say, say she grew up in Mao's? Yeah, she grew up yeah. in communist China. And wow. she immigrated here, became an American Who was Mao Zedong, for those who don't know, Ray? Well, he was the he was the dictator, the premier of China from what from the 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 the, the really the late forties, fifties into the sixties and seventies. Led them through the quote cultural revolution. Basically, in, along the way, Tim killed tens of millions of people. Tens of millions of people died as, as a result of. His she policies. grew up in that. She knows yeah. communism and Marxism and totalitarianism and what she's saying to the school board there, teaching this critical race theory is the same thing that they did in China, only they they, they, they uh, taught against 
um, class division, class division rather than races. Mm-hmm. And this critical race theory, this is a very dangerous, folks. And people are reacting all over the country, parents and teachers and school administrators even, and governors. Governor of Iowa yesterday signed law, said no teaching of critical race theory in the Hawkeye State. This yep. is, there is a backlash mm-hmm. against this. We'll talk more after this timeout. Stay with us. You can use this information right here. Tim Wildman discusses life's most important issues. So you could have a sea turtle alive out there right now that was here during the Civil War. It's like getting a university degree. Kind of. Tell the world. (laughs) Here's the the question. question How wide is the wingspan of the world's largest roach species? Listen to the Trivia Friday edition of Today's Issues. Friday mornings at 10 Central on American Family Radio. (laughs) Trivia Friday. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns with news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Unvaccinated students in Exeter, New Hampshire, were publicly singled out and marked with a number at the high school prom. Just to confirm, this happened on American soil, not German. Local reporters say teachers use Sharpies to write numbers on the skin of students who had not been vaccinated against the China virus. After every third song, the numbered students had to raise their hands so their names could be recorded for contact tracing purposes. There was also a list available for all to see that included the names of everyone and their vaccine information. One parent said it's like their kids were treated like prisoners in Nazi Germany. Others were angered over violations of HIPAA rights and the lack of medical confidentiality. Beyond that, it is parents, by the way, who determine what medical information about their kids gets to be shared, not the school district. I'm Todd Starnes. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 American Family Radio This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on American Family Radio. Tim Wildman, Walker Wildman, Fred Jackson, and Ray Pritchard. We thank you for joining us. Um, before the break, we were list- we listened to a uh, uh, some comments by a uh, lady who appeared at the Loudoun County, Virginia School Board meeting. She was raised in Mao's Communist China, and she was saying that this critical race theory that's being uh, put in schools across America, across lots of America, which is, by the way, there's a great reaction against this, and, and that's a good sign for our nation. But these educational elites, these social justice warriors are trying to cram this stuff down the throats of our kids in schools, and parents are catching on to it, and, there's, and governors and states are catching on to it and reacting. If you wonder what, what is the essence of critical race theory, you guys chime in here because people, you hear that, I didn't even know what that was until about a year ago. It sounds like a, it sounds like a college course you sign up for, you know, doesn't it? No, I believe I'll take, uh, let's see, I'll take uh, literature, give me some critical race theory, geometry, and uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so critical race theory One of the basic tenets of it is that that white people are the problem with our with our world. Yes, <laughs> and, and, and whiteness, skin color determines outcome. Yes, right. And and so, I mean, that's one of the. There are other things, uh, other aspects, elements to it, but. Ray, have you studied this some to know? Is what I just said well, an it, oversimplification? It's dividing, it's dividing the world into the oppressors and the oppressed. Yes. And it's doing it on the basis of skin color, on the basis of race. So when you start there, the only end result can be further division, further hatred, and further animosity. And a lot of people are finally waking up and realizing that because this is being forced down the throats of our students in the universities and now down into the the uh, high schools and even into the junior high Yeah, th- this is slavery and segregation all over again. I mean, the basic tenets of it are what Ray said, and that is discrimination based on skin color, which is what our country had a civil war over. And so what these people are wanting to do, and, and this is all, critical uh, race theory is, is part of the Marxist strategy which they use various means and theories and strategies to fulfill their purposes. But the, what to they, change America. To change America and the world. And yeah. what they want to do is, is use critical race theory as one part of their strategy to, to institute in America um, a two-tiered system, as Ray said, the oppressor and the oppressed. And uh, another part of their theory is that you cannot change that. There is no changing. If you are born a certain skin color, you are set to fail and be oppressed for your entire life. By the oppressor. By the oppressor. There is no redemption. There is no overcoming. It is set. You will fail in life. So, And the oppressor in critical race theory is the white person. Correct. Right? Correct. 
mm-hmm. and the oppressed is everybody else, I guess. Yes. So they're tr- other- what they're trying to do is is uh, create race warfare, right? Basically. In the minds of children. Yes. To yes. to view people uh, based on their skin color, which is the complete opposite of what Dr. Martin Luther King argued for. Yes. 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 And uh, by the way, I've noticed in this critical race theory promotion there's 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 little or well no there's there's little or any talk there's no talk of the contributions made by uh to 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 equality and civil rights made by the majority of americans who are white you you notice this i mean what other place in the world think about this where you have a a um minority in this case let's say african americans who uh, probably in the 60s represented 10 10 to 15 percent maybe of of the public who were oppressed but they appealed dr martin luther king jr appealed to particularly white christian america to say look this is wrong we all need to call it for what it is and make changes and guess what he and others Got eighty, basically, percent of the public to agree with him, mm-hmm. who were white. You, you see what I'm saying? There's very I don't care. In most places in the world, if you've got a majority of eighty, ninety percent, they they don't care about the ten percent and never will. Uh, and you know, when, you understand my point? Sure. Here, so this critical race theory is very dangerous. And uh, it's being reacted to across the country. Go ahead, uh, Fred. If you want some good background on this, yeah. the Federalist has a really interesting story on this. And here's the title, Critical Race Theories, Poisonous Roots, Trace Back to Harvard University. Yeah. And quite in depth, it goes into these professors who uh, put all of this together. In name one in particular, in 1973, Professor Derek Bell authored a textbook entitled Race, Racism, and American Law, in which he contended the American legal system was implicitly racist and must be deconstructed to bring about racial equity. So that's how it all got started. And then former Harvard Law student and future Columbia Law professor Kimberly Crenshaw is widely recognized as the coiner of the term critical race theory. So it's a long article uh, in The Federalist. But go and read it. I find it very interesting. If you want to know where it came from, it came from academia. Right. It yeah, came from we, Harvard. We also have a two-part series, video series by Mickey Addison, who's host of Airing the Addisons, coming out in July. Mm. Uh, that It's a video, two, two, two-part video session that, that goes through all of that, and they'll be able to watch that. I mentioned the governor of Iowa signed a law prohibiting critical race theory from being taught in her state. Yes. That was Tennessee, right? Tennessee has done something similar. I think Arkansas has done something yes. similar. Several of the red states yes. are, are doing that. And there's reaction in blue states mm-hmm. by parents and school teachers and administrators even. Well, Virginia is run by Democrats. Yeah. But that's that's kind of ground zero right now with this fight, which I think is a healthy thing. Next story, Fred. All right. Um, <laughs> former President Trump is having some fun these days saying, I told you so. All right. So uh, Lafayette Park in Washington, D.C. Lafayette. 
Lafayette Park. That's the way it's pronounced there. It's the park uh, just north of the White House. Yes. Remember um, last year, I guess it was, there was a protest going on, uh, uh, racial protest going on in Washington, D.C. And those protesters uh, on one evening uh, set fire to the church there. That's St. John's. St. John's Church. And so uh, in the, the next day, the mayor of Washington, D.C. said, we're going to set up a perimeter. We're going to create a fence around there so these protesters can't get near this church again and do more damage. And they're getting dangerously close to the White House itself, by the yes, way. Yes, getting close it's to the White House. one city block yes. removed. It's, a, it's where these people are gathering. Yes. So the police arrive and push these protesters back in order to put this fence, put up this fence. But at the same time, President Trump came out in defense of the church and held up a Bible. Remember that? Now, the story was that these protesters were pushed back because the president was coming out to do the photo op. Well, there's been an investigation, and it's taken a year, but it's been an investigation, and the authorities have, lo and behold, they've come out with the truth on this. It had nothing to do with the president wanting to go and stand in front of the church. It had to do with the mayor telling the authorities, we want to put a fence up to protect the church. And right. so that all occurred before President Trump got there. Right. So all the left-wing media said, here's this, here's bully Trump yes. pushing all these uh, little sweet protesters away so he can go out and do a photo op. As it turns out now, and this was an investigation by the inspector general at one of the agencies there. I mean, this is an independent guy. Yes. He's not Republican or Democrat. I, at least they don't stay. So it's supposed to be like an auditor. Mm-hmm. And he does this study and research. I don't know why it takes a year. To me, it take about a day. Yes. To, huh? <laughs> yeah. So it should, but everything that should take a day or two in D.C. takes a year. Robert Mueller. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> so that's that's one incident. So, so President Trump did not do what the liberal media said he would do, and they kept on harping about that. He didn't do that. Okay, yeah. Ray, did you well, catch this? Yeah, I did. And are we are we surprised that Mr. Trump was attacked over and over and over again? Now that he's out of office, suddenly we're finding it wasn't what the media said. I wonder, Tim, how many retractions we're going to find from the mainstream media. Uh, some, <laughs> yeah. Something close to zero, I would suppose. Look, look presidents, President Trump included, all presidents are subject to criticism. Sure. And they make mistakes, and they make bad decisions, and they uh, say things that need to be criticized. I haven't always agreed with everything President Trump did or said. Um, you know, sometimes I thought, what are you doing talking about Alec Baldwin today, President Trump? You should be focused on what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure, sure. So, so that, and the same with every president, all right, Republican or Democrat, with the the difference here was that the left-wing media and and their cohorts and the pundits and and everybody they decided we don't like President Trump's policies, okay? But they're popular with the American people, so we can't really attack President Trump's policies because people like a good economy. Yeah, they like a secure border. They want safety. They want police protecting our streets. So the American people like what Donald Trump stands for, 
So how can we exploit our differences with him? Well, he's uh, an alpha male, okay? He's he uh, he 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 uh, isn't uh, choice with his words. Oftentimes he so uh, and he does he does mean tweets. He does mean tweets. <laughs> so let's go let's go after Trump and even life. We have to on on trivial things. On okay, Trump bully pushed the people away who were just trying to protest peacefully near the White House. That's the that's the narrative they right. wanted to play out. Mm-hmm. Instead of what actually happened, President Trump did nothing of the sort. He just went over and said, "I, you know, I'm here to help protect the uh, church and uh, for peace and I'm further what the Bible stands for." Yep. So <clears throat> they just this is this was repeated and the Mueller investigation. Well, this two is, years, Walker. Yeah, this is why I call the Democrats a an arm of the Demo- of the, the. I call the media an arm of the Democrat Party. I mean, they're they're part, they are they are part of the Democrat Party apparatus, which includes corporate America, the media, and the Democrat Party. And then you got Hollywood in there too, and then you got the globalists internationally that fund uh, the Democrat Party, like. Uh, George Soros. They're they're one big ideological left wing wide. Yeah, George Soros pumps millions into the American political ecosystem, right. and he's not even an American citizen. Yeah, he's from another country. Yeah. Um. But the the but they push. You know, you watch these political ads, and you know, if you're an informed citizen, you're a voter. You know, well, that's not really not true. You know, you watch the political ads where they where they bend the truth, but you're like, oh well, it's a political ad. Well, that's what that's what CNN did under the Trump administration. They basically ran anti-Trump political news coverage, knowing what they're saying is really not true. Example number two, where the pre, uh, former president this morning is saying, "I told you so." Yeah, listen to this one though. I think it's, I know what you're going to talk about. This was I read this last night. This is pretty stunning. Yes. Well, back about 14 months ago, in the midst of pandemic, the president. Then President Trump, on several occasions, said, you know, we ought to be taking a look at hydroxychloroquine and zinc treatments for people who have been diagnosed with COVID. Uh, hydroxychloroquine, a malaria drug. Let's, it's, he's saying, I, I'm hearing it's, it's doing things. And in fact, eventually, and you'll hear it here, uh, President Trump said, I've been treated with that. And it worked out really well. So this was the president talking about, and this is about 14 months ago, the benefits of hydroxychloroquine, at least give it a try. Number six. As you know, last Saturday, the FDA also gave emergency authorization for hydroxychloroquine. I hope it's going to be a very important answer. The other thing that we've bought a tremendous amount of is the hydroxychloroquine. It's a powerful drug on malaria. Uh, and there are signs that it works on this. A lot of good things have come out about the hydroxy. A lot of good things have come out. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. I'm taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. All right. And then the media went to town. Have a listen. This is what they said about the president's remarks way back 14 months ago. Cut number six. President Trump did not back down from his decision to take hydroxychloroquine. As you know, last Saturday, oh, the FDA Cut also gave emergency President Trump did not back down from his decision to take hydroxychloroquine, a malaria drug the FDA has warned is not safe or effective. The president knows that hydroxychloroquine is not supported by science. 
He knows that it's been flagged by people in his own administration. The president, who is tested regularly for coronavirus, says his doctor did not recommend the drug to him. There is no evidence that points to hydroxychloroquine being an effective treatment. And frankly, I'm worried for President Trump. That's insane. That's- uh, that, that that reaction was based on what we heard him say a few minutes ago, saying yes, this yes. sounds pretty good. A lot yes. of people are trying it. I'm trying it. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm using it. And, and uh, so now, now, now listen to what Fred has to report here. A new study shows that the controversial drug hydroxychloroquine touted by former President Donald Trump increased the survival rate of severely ill coronavirus patients. The study just been published, found that anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine, along with zinc, could increase the coronavirus survival survival rate by as much as nearly 200% if distributed at higher doses to ventilated patients with severe version of the illness. We found that when the cumulative doses of the two drugs put together were above a certain level, patients had a survival rate 2.9 times the other patients the study's conclusion states. So here we are 14 months later, and guess what? They are finding, a study finds there are real benefits to this, which is all the former president was saying. That's all he said, right? Look, there are families out there who have lost loved ones, who hear a story, uh, who were, let's say, on the ventilator. One of my dear friends passed away not that long ago, somebody I knew for 60-plus years, uh, and gone exactly that kind of situation. All I can say is, if there was ever a possibility, and it sounds from this study like there was, that this could have helped, I wouldn't blame any family anywhere for being extremely angry at the mainstream media for poo-pooing hydroxychloroquine and zinc only because they wanted to make President Trump look bad. Yes, that great point, Ray. And and that was that a narrative of... The president's pushing hydrochloroquine and hydrochloroquine can kill you. That's the narrative the left-wing media wanted to project and did project. That was pushed down even into the medical field. Yes. So that a lot of doctors who would have otherwise said, hey, yeah, this, this is a good thing to try. Zinc, hydrochloroquine. Get on it immediately if you've got COVID. Yeah. Walker, and they what 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 happened was these doctors, I heard these stories all over. The doctors were saying kind of, sort of uh, on the side, you know what, uh, I would try this, but I can't prescribe right. it because right. uh, I'll get in, yeah, or I'll get in trouble by my peers. Yeah. It became politicized as well. But I had other doctors, a, a, a doctor who was, who was talking about COVID the other day, who is an emergency, uh, has one of these clinics, uh, you know, like an emergency clinic, treated a lot of COVID and, and said, hey, hydrochloroquine and zinc they need to get on it immediately yeah uh, so i'm just saying that well here's another example walker of the media going after president trump and lying about what he said yeah and 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 this is so corrupt i mean these these people we're talking about people's lives at stake here right we're right. not talking about you know running running nasty ads against trump on his economic issues or blaming him for clearing the park so he could go get a picture Right. I mean, they, they, they basically squashed a viable treatment option in the name of being, of Trump derangement syndrome. Well, and l- let me just come back, Walker, and, and hit the point again. We're talking about hydroxychloroquine and zinc given to people on ventilators, already a desperate situation, right? Yes. 
already desperate, maybe some of them could have been saved. It is, I guess I am getting angry as I'm yeah, thinking Yeah, and they, they push the, the well, you know, wrong. it comes with, a, well, it could give you car- cardi- cardiac a issues, heart attack, heart attack right. or, you know, your blood. That's with everything. I mean, That's I right. take too much Advil and my blood gets too thin and then I cut my hand. I mean, I could bleed out. There's all kind of side effects with everything you take. There's risk associated with everything you take. There's risk associated with getting the vaccine. Look, you know, look, I mean, they're, they're, they're talking about blood clots. So what about that? Even that study is not claiming it's the only treatment. Right. But it's a weapon in the arsenal right. that which was is, taken out of the hands of doctors because of the media hatred of Trump. Which is all yeah. President Trump was saying. That's all he ever said. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's all he ever said. And, uh, and, and after that, the media, like Chris Cuomo did right there, CNN, basically, even Neil Cavuto on Fox News freaked out one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, the media turned it into President Trump is advocating the use of hydrochloroquine and zinc to treat or t- to prevent worsening of COVID, uh, of the COVID virus. Uh, these products, these drugs cause heart attacks. Therefore, President Trump is encouraging people to take a product that causes people to die because he's an ignorant uh, uh, buffoon. Yeah, yeah. That, that there you go. That and needs to be kicked out of office. Mm-hmm. They should have put these that the, one in. And these are the highly educated people, right? I mean, yeah. these, these it's are the Trump derangement. It was Trump derangement syndrome, and it worked to a large extent on uh, uh, unsuspecting or. Uh, Uneducated, a lot of uneducated Americans uh, who were not informed, which is one of the reasons why we're here. Go ahead, Fred, next story. Well, um, <laughs> Missouri Republican Congressman Jason Smith was at a House Budget Committee hearing yesterday. Now, that's, that's usually, it's kind of boring stuff. It's kind You're of. You're talking about on the state level or in D.C.? D.C. House what now? It's the House Budget Committee. Kind of C-SPAN stuff. Okay. All right. Normally. For wonks. <laughs> that's about it. But at one point, Congressman Jason Smith asked Acting White House Budget Director Shalonda Young about the millions of dollars that has been set aside in the Biden budget to help uh, pregnant women. And he said, in other words, moms. And But he was curious as to why the budget, as it is written, doesn't refer to moms. They use another term, birthing person. So have a listen to that exchange. It's cut number nine. The budget requests $26 million to reduce maternal mortality and eliminate race-based disparities and outcomes among, quote, birthing people. Uh, This is a shift from recent budgets, which referred to maternal health issues as women's issues. Um, I've never heard the term before. Can you explain what it means? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, There there are certain uh, people who do not uh, have uh, gender identities that apply to female or male. And so we think our language needs to be more inclusive in how we deal with complex issues. That uh, the Complex la- issues. <laughs> women have babies. Men don't. Lady, you're fired. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was the acting White House budget director, Shalonda Young. Yeah, Shalonda needs to be fired. But today. she even struggled. We huh? have 
certain people that uh, mm, uh, we so want to be inclusive. Yeah. So they changed the, the Biden administration. This lady, who, which agency she worked for? She is the uh, acting White House director, budget director, Shalandi. God help us. Okay. If that's our acting budget director saying, I don't know, we got people out there who don't know whether they're male or female, so we got to call them birthing people now <laughs> instead of calling them moms. Huh? Yeah. So there'll be next Mom's Day, there will be cards out there, folks. Yeah. Happy birthing person day. Oh, my. Can you imagine giving that to your wife? These people don't recommend it. <laughs> these people, they've lost their minds. <laughs> they yeah. really have. They have. They lost their minds. Uh, okay. See. <laughs> wow. Okay. They're running our federal agencies. No, hey, and they're hey, in charge. Listen, let me tell you something. Biden and Harris have have selected a parade of clowns. Yeah. To lead our, our, our federal agencies, and their left wing, you just heard her right there. She didn't know. She, she's not going to say whether male or females can have babies. Mm -hmm. And that's her agenda. Yeah. And that's the Biden-Harris progressive yeah. uh, team right there. They're and, you know, you could hear, Fred, you were talking about the hesitation in her voice. She knows the truth. Yes. But she deliberately speaks a lie. Yeah. Yep. That's a very good point. Just like Joe Biden did. When he said, I'm not joking, climate, uh, global warming is, is now the number, I was told, was the greatest threat to our national security. Yeah. The reason he said, I'm not joking, is because he knew it's a joke. Mm -hmm. And he had, to, he had to convince the people listening not to laugh when he mentioned it. So, all right. Uh, thank you, Fred. You are welcome. I guess, thank you. <laughs> Getting us all worked up here. Uh, all right, we're going to uh, listen. The reason we talk about these stories is we need to act and change our country politically and culturally and spiritually. Rescue the country. Yes, absolutely. Can't give up, can't quit, can't go away, can't be gaslighted by these people. We'll return in five minutes with more of today's issues. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.